What's up? It's Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Thanks for listening to the Under the Hood podcast presented by Coors Light. Stay inside and buy your Coors Light online. Find out how at get.coorslight.com. Coors Light, take time to chill. Live from the first Midwest Bank studio on State Street, this is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Jonathan Hood. WMVP Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. Stream ESPN 1000 easily on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. You're listening to Under the Hood on ESPN 1000. What's up and welcome in. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. Open phone lines for you, 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is the telephone number. Follow me on Twitter, twitter.com, tweetjhood on Instagram, IGJHood. Eric, good to talk to you, man. How are you tonight? Oh, man, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. I'm doing well. <laughs> Literally a minute. <laughs> Literally a minute. Yeah, about two, yeah. Tell you what, so... The format of Under the Hood, if you're just joining us and you're saying, okay, I'm ready for Under the Hood, what's the topic? Well, you, we'll get to the topic in just a second, but we're starting an hour earlier, and we're starting at 6 o'clock with a baseball show. And it's brought to you by Goose Island Beer Company, and we're going to be on every night at 6 o'clock as we get ready for the baseball season. So look for us at 6 o'clock for the baseball show. I thought that the first uh, show was very good. We're glad we have some calls that uh, jumped in with us. But every night, if you're a Cubs and Sox fan, you can always depend on us to take your phone calls and get your your thoughts about the season because the season's right around the corner. So, Eric, I thought that it was good to have uh, some of our callers jump in and people on social media at ESPN Major League, is the ESPN MLB show on Twitter. So every night at 6 o'clock, that's where you can find us. Absolutely, and I'm glad we had callers from both sides of town because we were asking which team do you believe has the like the more interesting future, and we had one one talking about why he believes David Ross is is going to be the future for the White Sox or for the Cubs, and then the other one the young talent with the White Sox. So that, just that's what we want. We want both teams, both fans, everyone coming and joining the conversation, and everyone else around Major League Baseball too, because uh, with us being on the ESPN Chicago app, people listening from across the country, give your thoughts about the Major League Baseball team of your choice as well. So looking forward to it every that at six o'clock but here here we are for under the hood and we'll do what we usually do and give you the stories of the day and have you react to those stories of the day and so one of them is could you imagine as a blackhawks fan t- to see the blackhawks without the indian head crest on the sweater imagine that could you imagine that happening if you are a blackhawks fan or a chicago sports fan that's something that is likely based on how things have changed here in 2020. And I would say change for the better. There are so many that look at life and they say, man, why does this have to change? I'm so used to this. I'm so used to that. Why does things have to change? Do you realize that generationally, when we see things change, it takes some of us a minute to be able to adjust. Why can you just keep it? But, you know, the thing that I don't like in my business of radio, the thing I don't like about life in general is when people say, well, we've always done it this way, so this is the way we have to do it. 
you can always be able to change with the times. doesn't mean that that's a referendum on you, your culture, your race, your beliefs. It's just that you realize that things can't stay the same forever. Look at our world today. You see things that are changing on right, right in front of you, on your social media, on your television, your favorite television show, news, sports, everything else that you see, things change. And so we have to be able to adapt to that change. If you just want to stand still while everything else is changing around you, you're the one with the VCR. Okay. You're the one that is uh, missing out on things that are happening in our world in 2020, where you're still stuck in 1980. And maybe that's good for you, but many of us are moving forward because change is coming. And, and it's the way that you adjust to that change. So on Friday, I was in with Wallen Sylvie and, uh, Clinton Yates and I did the show from um, three, no, two to five on Friday, and we were in for Wadlin Sylvie, and the story came out about the Washington Redskins, and the Redskins' name is going to be changed to change to what we don't know, but it's going to be changed. And there's been Native Americans that have asked the NFL to step in on the Redskins, but see that story about the Redskins is not something that is new. I've been reading about. Many that have been looking for the Redskins to change that name for at least 15 years. I don't want to just completely give you hyperbole and say I've been seeing this all my life because I've not seen it all my life. But I know I've read many articles about um, how Native Americans and others that are concerned feel like the Redskins name is racist and feel like it should have been changed. So this is not a new topic to the point where you'll turn on uh, certain shows over the years and there are broadcasters and former players that will not refer to the Redskins as the Redskins. They'll say Washington's football team, Washington racial slurs. And from my standpoint, I understand that change is going to come. Uh, you know, I'm still calling the Redskins the Redskins. Anytime I talk about Washington uh, baseball, uh, Washington football, I am talking about the Redskins. But I know that change is going to come. And so at some point, we're going to call Washington some other different nickname. Because that's just the way things are. You could stand still, but I refuse to stand still. If there are Native Americans that feel like this is something that is wrong, yeah, Redskin is the equivalent of the N-word. It is the equivalent of the C-word to white people. It is, a, it is a negative slur, and Native Americans don't like it. Now, here's the thing about this. We talk about this on Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. Here's the thing that we have to understand. Is that there will be some that will say, well, there aren't enough Native Americans to make a big stink about this. Well, if there are a group of Native Americans or those that are speaking for Native Americans that feel like the Redskins' name is racist, then it should change. And if you are an owner, like Dan Snyder is the owner for the Washington Redskins, you should consider changing it. As soon as I would have taken over the Redskins, I would have changed the name. Because here's what's going to happen. There's going to be some that will say, I've always called Washington's uh, football team the Redskins. Why change it now? What else is going to change here? I'm never going to a game. I'm never going to watch it because they changed the name. Are you serious? Seriously? You actually rather have a reaction about a name versus how poorly run the Redskins are. I want you to think about the dichotomy of those two things, right? The the feeling of 
I am mad because they're changing the name versus how the Redskins are run. Hey, you and I uh, bitch about the Bears all the time. What if, if you're a Redskins fan, the way it's been run for over the years? It has not been great. The focus should be on how Ron Rivera, uh, how he's going to be able to turn that team around if you're in the D.C. area or if you're a Redskins fan. I talked to Clinton Yates about this on Friday afternoon, and we talked about it, and he's a, a D.C. resident. Uh, born and raised in Chocolate City. And he's talked about how this is something that has to change. It's been going on too long. If I was Dan Snyder, as soon as I got the job, as soon as I became the owner of the Redskins, I would have changed it. Because I, because here's the thing. From a business standpoint, I don't want a negative connotation on my team. It's negative enough that the team's bad, that it sucks, that the Redskins are going in the wrong direction. It's another to be able to have people that are picketing you and people saying that you're not doing the right thing when people have come to Snyder since he's been in ownership and say, hey, you need to change this thing. Nope, nope, we're good. We'll call it the D.C. Redskins. That's not the change that they're talking about. (laughs) They're talking about changing that nickname. But what about you, Blackhawks fan? How do you feel about it? Because it's very simple. The Blackhawks name, there are some that feel like the Blackhawk, the depiction that's on the sweater, which is one of the best sweaters, not just in the original six. It's one of the best sweaters in the National Hockey League, one of the best uniforms in the in sports to me. Growing up as a Blackhawks fan in the Savard, Larmer, Wilson, Secord era, I love watching that Blackhawks team with that, that, that sweater. But in 2020, if someone feels that this is the wrong thing to do, then there's adjustments that can be made. If the Blackhawks have to change their name to the Chicago Hawks, or if they're going to have to change it to a Tomahawk, or if they're going to change it to something else, it's fine. Because I always have the memories of what that uniform looked like back in the day. And then things change. Things are never going to stay the same. That's the thing. And like, if it's, it might be hard for you and I to adjust, but it doesn't mean that you have to stand still pouting like a child. And it's just like, oh, well, the, I want my Blackhawks to logo to stay the same. What are you going to do? Stop going to games? You're never going to watch them again? You're lying to yourself. It's great sports radio pander. It's great sports radio conversation. But you know that's not the case. You know that you'll still support the team. If they change the logo, big deal. If they change the logo of some of these teams, if, that's fine. If you, as long as you still have your fandom, that's the thing. But you know that eventually, like, players change, players come and go, general managers come and go, managers and coaches come and go. The team will still be your team. It just will look different. That, that's how I look at it. But then I'm looking at it as an adult. Some, some grown men and some grown women will be crying foul for this because I'm used to seeing something like I've been seeing all my life. Why does it have to ch- change? Because change is going to come anyway. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Okay, so some thoughts here from a number of uh, people. Let me go to Brian Mitchell. Brian Mitchell is a talk show host uh, in uh, D.C., uh, pre- and post-game host for the Comcast uh, Sportsnet in Washington, D.C. for the Redskins, and a great player for the Redskins. And he says that the team cannot tell people what is not offensive. Well, a lot of uh, fans, you know, they... Well, they feel they want to hold on to it, but there are a lot of fans that understand what's going on. They understand the climate of what's happening now. And I think so many times we get so caught up in the fact that we think we're showing honor. We can't tell somebody what shows them honor. If something offends them, it offends them. And I think right now you can see from uh, Dan and, uh, and many people around the organization, they're starting to understand they have to listen and begin to move forward. Um, 
Crystal Echo Hawk. And Eric, let me make sure I got this right. Uh, that Crystal Echo Hawk is a founder of Alumi a, a Alumi Native. Correct. So it's it's an organization created to stand up for the rights for Native Americans, create more um, like acknowledgement and, and spread the word out about it, and also like trying to like lobby with the government for things as well. I see. So she is a Native American. Some thoughts on all Native American mascots need to end. We just think no Native mascots, period. I mean, I think this racialized imagery, you know, racialized mascots, no, absolutely not. There's no way to honor Native peoples with a Native mascot. It just, it can't be done. It cannot really be done in a good way. These Native mascots and all their different manifestations, it's not just relegated to the Washington team, but it's across the board, really do cause psychological harm to Native American children. And they do, on the flip side, really feel bias amongst non-Native people, right? It has a way to dehumanize Native people. And I just think the best thing to do is to just get, end all, eliminate all Native mascots. So the thoughts there from Crystal Echo Hawk regarding this. Let me get your reaction. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. My thought is, is that if someone, if there is a group of people, uh, especially Native Americans that feel like this should change, that the red skin name is a slur, then let it, let it change. And it's okay because... On the other side of this, people are not thinking about this enough, but on the other side of this, when there is a new name, the marketing dollars will go right up, you know, right through the roof because it's new and fresh. When when there's change, when it, a different color scheme or logo, things change. And that will be able to help um, definitely the marketing aspect of that. Um and, and so they'll be able to make a lot of money on the merch. There's no question about that. Let me get your thoughts on it. 312-332-ESPN. Mike in Oak Lawn leads us off here in Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Mike, he thanks for being with me. just dropped. Just dropped. Just missed him. All right. Mike can call back or you can call as well. As a matter of fact, it's about a great time uh, for us to take a break. And then we'll t- get your phone calls in here. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number. I want to find out your thoughts on... Uh, names like the Redskins, the Blackhawks, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Indians. The Indians also are looking to be able to make a change as well with their team. But how would you feel if you knew the Blackhawk, the crest on the sweater, would be changing? How would that make you feel as a Chicago sports fan? Let's, let's hear your thoughts on it as you're listening. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. How you doing? Follow us on the gram at IGJHood and at ESPN underscore Chicago. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. As I've always said, there's no such thing as political correctness. You know, people just throw phrases against the wall and they just use them and everyone else uses them. There's no such thing as political correctness. It's just about being correct. It's not about being political or correct. It's just about being correct. And if I'm running a business, I don't want people against my business because they feel like something I'm saying or doing is racist or something is um, counterculture. It's not about PC. It's just about being C, right? If anyone needs to be able to have a change in for an organization to get better in the NFL would be Ron Rivera's uh, Washington Redskins. Uh, poorly run. You can say whatever you want about the McCaskies and the Bears uh, and another a number of other teams in the NFL. But the Redskins, the way that it's run, it's not great. Um, and so, you know, you have that for Dan Snyder and you also have many people, not just from 2020, but over the years, that said this Redskins name is racist. Some that won't even use the term Redskins because uh, um, 
people believe it's racist, they call it the Washington racial slurs or the Washington football team. Well, you know, uh, change will be coming. And the Indians also with Cleveland. Terry Frank, I told uh, you this earlier, Eric. I was am- I, I can't say I was amazed because nothing shocks me anymore. But I just thought I thought it was interesting to hear Terry Francona, the manager of the Indians, for him to say, "Yeah, you know what? There's probably going to be a change there. I could see a change happening with the Cleveland team. The Indians have been around for a long time, and I'm sure that there's been some that that feel that that's uh, racially insensitive, also." And for the manager of Cleveland's team to say, yeah, that probably is going to change, that's not just job security. That's that's balls. I'm not even sure I would say that uh, if I'm Terry, but he's firmly entrenched in the organization. And it's one of those things where he feels he'd rather just be on the right side of the situation, as you said, the correct side of the situation, yeah. as opposed to who cares if I lose my job for this. Yeah, yeah, because I guess he's been a manager for a long time. He's got generational wealth. He, he's just speaking his mind, saying, hey, things can change. And well, I just want to get your thoughts on it as well, because uh, as I watch the replay of the Hawks and uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, from, I guess, last year at the United Center, two original six teams, I'm looking at that beautiful red Hawks sweater with the Hawks logo on the front, and that could change. Uh, in 2020 and moving forward. So I want to get your thoughts on it, especially with the Redskins. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Let's start off first with John and Palatine with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. Hi, John. Jonathan, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Hey, so um, I so I, I agree with all this, and I agree that the Redskins' name is, is, is racist and absolutely has to be changed. And then, but, you know, you start talking about the Blackhawks, and then, uh, you know, I start kind of backtracking and going, oh, well, you know, well, not the Blackhawks. The Black, that's, that's the Blackhawks. That's fine. You know, they're fine. Right. You know, uh-huh. the Illini, that's fine. And, and, and I guess, in all honesty, for me, there's, there's I, I don't know, there's like a respect thing, I guess it seems like. But, again, I'm a white guy from the suburbs. Like, who am I to say what's offensive or not? But um, I guess the real point I wanted to bring up is, does, does this get us to a point where the only team names, you know, really will be like inanimate objects and animals? Like, you know, people are talking about Native Americans right now. I don't hear a lot of people talking about um, – you know, the Atlanta Braves as well. But what about, like, the Minnesota Vikings? Like, what do, what do the Vikings, you know, are, are people that have Viking heritage? Is that is that also, is that offensive to them? And I'm legitimately asking, I don't know. Would they find that offensive? What about what about pirates? What about buccaneers? Like, and it sounds like I'm making a joke, but I'm really not. Like, are there people that might find those team names offensive because they have some lineage that, that ties back to that? I, I don't know. John, I appreciate your telephone call. Uh, the The answer to that question is I don't know like you do. I, like, I'm a black guy from the south side. I don't know how people that are Nordic or people from um, from the from Minnesota or the Dakotas or from wherever look at the Viking. Do they feel like that that is something that is racist or insensitive? I have no idea. But just remember, <laughs> we're in 2020, so anything can happen. And again, it's just about adjustment for me. That's how I look at it. It's an adjustment. So, um, you know, the Redskins thing, again, is not something that's new. It's been going on for a long time. And so there could be a situation where a number of teams do change uh, because of that. Again, the Native American thing is different because, excuse me, the Native American thing is different only because because, um, there's a group of Native Americans and those that support them that feel like this has been... Um, that, that is racist. 
And so when you have an outcry like that, from a business standpoint, there's no way that I'd want to be part of that. I want to be on the right side of that conversation. Um, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. And by the way, when this is always comes up, and, and th- as I mentioned, this is not a new topic. I see the stories. I, I, so a lot of times I was not bringing it up, though. I mean, I'm a Chicago sports broadcaster and also do national radio, but we we have – I don't think I've used that as a topic long form before, talking about the Redskins and whether or not they should end the name. I've seen the stories, uh, but you can understand if people uh, – if Native Americans feel like that is racist or other people feel like the Redskin is, the, is similar to the N-word, I, there's no way I would want to be part of that. There's just no way. If I'm a diehard Redskins fan, that's why I've got jerseys. I've got paraphernalia. I've got merch. I've got all I need, right? i got all I need to be able to remember the Redskins for what they are. If they change the name, they change the name. Big deal. I'm an adult with a mortgage. This doesn't does not move me one way, shape, or form. Uh, Big John is in Waukegan on ESPN 1000. Hi, John. Hey, how are you? You know, I have to uh, agree with John and Palatine, too, because my thinking here is it seems that any group – that gets together and say that we're offended by something and now starts moving the, the moving the norm, you know. And I and jokingly thinking of myself, but you know, how about the Fighting Irish? I mean, they got this symbol of of the leprechaun, and you know, it's all. What if this somebody takes offense to that? Are they going to change that? No. What if they do? What are you going to do? It, it doesn't make sense because just because a few handful of people or a group of people find something offensive. Uh, you know, you could. My point is, anyone could take offense to anything they choose to. But what, are we what coming if, to that now in our society that somebody chooses to take offense to something? Well, John, look at it, John. Look at it from this standpoint. Well, John, look at it from this standpoint. If if the the name of the uh, the um, uh, stadium, if FedEx, a company, feels like it's uh, insensitive, it's not just a few people. It's big companies. If big companies feel that way, you gonna still stick by your guns? I mean, what what kind of how would you get sponsorship dollars if you have sponsorships move, uh, pulling out of your team because of the Redskins name? Even from a business standpoint, doesn't make sense to stick with it just because you feel like the Redskins should still be around. From a business standpoint, that, that that's that is that, that's suicide. From a business standpoint, you're absolutely correct. But my point is is that when people decide to become offended by things that, I mean, okay, give, granted, redskin is an extremely derogatory term. I sure. mean, if you look at what it comes from, it's come from literally cutting off the scalp and their skin becomes red. Um, extremely derogatory term. But some of these other things, Indian, the Cleveland Indians, when did the, in, just the word Indian become derogatory? I don't understand. Uh, well, John, uh, you and I are not, uh, you know, we're not Native American, so it's hard, it's hard for me to explain because you and I can just read about it, and if people, and we appreciate the phone call, if people feel like, hey, you know what, this is something that's outdated, it's something that's uh, a slur, then I wouldn't want to be associated with it. Absolutely not. And, and again, this is not about just a, a, a few people. You just think there's are 10 people in the parking lot saying that this is wrong. This is something that's been written about and been talked about, and, and Native American groups have talked about this for a long time. See, the difference is with this story is not you're not getting people, uh, thousands and thousands of people go up and down Michigan Avenue saying that the, res, the Redskins' name is racist. You don't see people uh, storming. Uh, the White House saying that, hey, this is, is wrong. You don't see thousands of people doing that. What you do have is you have 
organized groups that are saying that, hey, this Redskins term is derogatory. And it's not just a few people. And again, when the when FedEx and when you have other uh, companies from a sponsorship standpoint saying, hey, I don't want to be associated with this. I'm not going to be a part of it. Well, Dan Snyder has to listen. Right. Now, look, like we can't look at all these other incidents, all, all these other um, teams fighting Irish, looking at uh, the Vikings, all these other things, and then juxtapose it to something that Native Americans feel that is racist. And that, again, not for 2020, for years, for years. And so if it changes, what what, what am I going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? You mean to tell me I'm going to start? I, I watch the Irish. If they change the name to something else that's not the Fighting Irish, you think I'm going to stop talking Notre Dame football? You think you're going to stop watching Notre Dame football? Nonsense. It's nonsense. In, in 2020 and beyond, there's going to be things that's going to change. Change for the better for some and for others. you got to be able to adjust or get left behind. But but the BS part of it is like, well, if, if they're going to change this, they're going to change that, then you know I, I, I can't take that. You can take it. You'll be watching. You'll be watching, just like I'm going to be watching. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Jeff at Elmwood Park with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Jonathan. What's happening? What's happening, so, Jeff? It's kind of mind-boggling to me to a point in the fact that I have relatives that are Native American. Mm-hmm. And I've asked them in the past, does this bother you? This is not a bit. My son went to Nebraska to an Indian tribe to do some, like, church group work. And they said, hey, don't wear anything Indian, Seminole. So they have a drum group, right? Right. The guy leading the drum groups wear a Cleveland Indians hat. <laughs> so, in the grand scheme of things, I understand. I know this has been going on. I follow sports for years. But they've told me there's not a massive outcry of like you're saying yourself. There's not people marching down Michigan Avenue to the White House. So, obviously... <clears throat> It doesn't bother them that much. And it, here, if they had a casino that was called the Redskin Casino, that wouldn't be a problem at all, would it? Well, not for me. I'd be, I'd, I'd be there. <laughs> it's just all, you know what? I don't care if they change. It's just all strange. It's in, 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 a, in, a, in a, it's like here, the Blackhawks. Right. To me, that's a tribute. The Blackhawk Indians were from here. The Seminoles in Florida, they're from that area. Mm-hmm. It, to me, it's kind of like a tribute to them, because if you know anything, yeah, the Black Hawk Indians were native to Illinois, the area, and such and so on and so on. You know, that's that's the kind of weird thing about it. So let me tell you this. When it comes to the Indians, the, the Indians, uh, the Cleveland Indians, uh, they did a nice job of saying, okay, we're not going to depict the Indian, uh, the Native American guy as cartoonish remember he had the big wide smile in the 70s and 80s and they, right, and, they right. and they changed the logo they made it an i or they, they put a c up there and so they they change it from that standpoint when i hear terry francona say well you know i could see a change in well i mean listen listen if if there are a group of native americans across this country and again you're talking about the native americans that you're around say that it's not a big deal well, well a number of them are saying it's a big deal Right. And so, but here's the thing: the Native Americans that say it's not a big deal don't rep, don't represent those that feel it's a big deal, and vice versa. You know, right, the, right. What, 
yeah, it's, it's not that. So, so the way I look at it, Jeff, is, and I appreciate your phone call. I just look at it like this. If there is a group that feels over the years that you could depict uh, Native Americans better than what you have, then go ahead and change it. Go ahead and change it. When it comes to the Atlanta Braves, same thing, cartoonish a red Indian with his mouth open back in the 70s in the Ted Turner era when Ted owned the team, and they changed that as well. They're still doing the tomahawk chop. It's a different look of the logo. They've got the tomahawk uh, right across the the chest of the uniform. Yeah. Um, I would say the Kansas City Chiefs, same thing. To me, again, for me, someone who's not Native American, that's honoring the Native American. The Blackhawk, as you mentioned, honors the, the Native American. So I, I, from my standpoint, as someone that is not Native American, I believe that some of those, um, some of those logos are supporting and, and you say, hey, you know what? We believe in the Native American. Not to make fun of it, but we are putting that Native American in a great light. The Braves, the Chiefs, the Blackhawks. But there's groups of people that feel that that's not right and sponsors pull out. There's no way that I would keep that name. And again, these are names that you and I grew up with for a long time. And, you you know, I, one caller just said it was strange. Eh, it's not strange. It's 2020 and beyond. Where something that was cool back in the day that we thought is insensitive to, to others. This is where we are. We can't change the world in that regard. You can be on either side of the aisle on this issue and say things should stay the same. But when it comes to money and the bottom line, there is no way that you're going to beat that bottom line. (laughs) There's no way that you're going to say, you know what? Dan Snyder's going to say, we're not going to change the name. I don't care if FedEx leaves. It's just only the name of the stadium. They only the sponsorship, Nike or whatever. They, They could leave. It's fine. It's not fine. It's not fine. I don't want to be on the wrong side of history and just holding on to it just because. It's not political. It's just trying to be correct. That's that's the attempt. And the Blackhawks thing, the Blackhawks, I, it would not surprise me because nothing really surprised me in sports anymore, Eric. There could be a situation where the Blackhawks would have to change that, that logo. And, I, and I've and i loved the Blackhawks for years. But if it changes to a tomahawk or if it changes to something else or that other logo. You, I've seen this on Twitter, right? This hawk that looks exotic. Have you seen this? No, I haven't. You haven't seen this hawk that has like, it's, it's very colorful. It's, I've seen this on Twitter. I'll see if I can find this. It's just different. It's a different look. And if it is, I can adjust to it. Same team, just different logo. Yeah, I think I, that they, they kind of have that alternate logo of the two tomahawks in the cross, and then they also have the, the feathers in that for representing each Stanley Cup, which a lot of people smart. like that one, and that one I feel like could be implemented pretty easily. See if I can. I think that's the one. That, I think we're talking about the same thing. That You know what? Here it is right here. I'm going to retweet it right now. As a matter of fact, uh, Sean McNulty uh, hit uh, Bleck and Zetterman on this this morning. And this is where the... Uh, I like that. Wow, I see it. The Quebec First Nations chief calls the Blackhawks logo offensive and would support a crest change. That's a story from the hockey news from a few years ago. And again, this is this is as someone that is a chief of a Native American tribe that says that the Hawks logo is offensive. Uh, you know, And if it changes to what we're looking at right now, that's not bad at all, is it? I like it. 
I think it's a pretty cool looking logo, to be honest. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at uh, TweetJHood, and you can see it for yourself. A uh, story from the Hockey News where I, that logo looks fine. Three one two three three two three seven seven six is our phone number. We'll take more of your phone calls coming up. What if the Blackhawks have changed their logo? How do you feel about the Redskins having to change theirs? We'll get to that as we move forward right here on UTH. This is Under the Hood. Under the Hood podcasts are available now on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. Available on your device now. This is ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. We've got summer football coming up at 8 o'clock right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Every night at 8 o'clock, we give you something football, something college, something pro, something fantasy. We'll hear from former Bear Sam Acho coming up in our 8 o'clock hour for summer of football right here on ESPN 1000. We turn now to Nick Friedel, who covers the NBA for ESPN and ESPN.com. You know, the NBA players are going to be in a bubble in Orlando, even though there's a ton of COVID tests that are out there. Some players opting out, and so let's talk to Nick about it right here on Under the Hood. Nick, as always, I appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time. Always, my man. It's good to hear your voice. I want to get your thoughts, Nick, about the NBA returning. Do you agree with the COVID-19 bubble plan for the NBA? It's as safe as I think they can make it, Hoodie. And if Adam Silver had a do-over, knowing the numbers in Orlando and the spikes over the last couple weeks, I'm sure they would love to move it somewhere else. But as he said, and I agree with him on, you can't outrun the virus. You've got to do as best you can given the circumstances. I believe that's what the league is doing. The reality, though, is nobody knows what's going to happen. The NBA can try as hard as they can to keep everybody safe, players, coaches, executives. But at the same time, they don't know because they don't know if the virus will be able to sneak in the bubble. They don't know if the players will follow the protocol they need. So there are so many variables here. But if you're the league and you're trying to recoup $1.2 billion, and let's get real, that's exactly what the, all this is for, to make that money back. You have to do everything you can to make it happen. And in the moment, I think that's what the NBA is doing. Are you surprised that there aren't more NBA players that are opting out of this? Uh, Avery Bradley was a big name because that's a key cog to the Lakers team. What about some of the other players? Are you surprised that we haven't heard more so far? Jody, I am, uh, especially when you consider, I was listening to Steve Clifford the other day on a Zoom call, the coach of the Orlando Magic, and, mm-hmm. and he was asked whether he believes that the bubble scenario is a continuation to this season, the nineteen twenty season, or is it its own entity that he's viewing it as just kind of its own little tournament that the league is putting on? And Clifford said, it's very much the latter to me. And I think that feeling is shared by a lot of coaches and players in the league. He just put a voice to it. Because to try and get back into a season after you've been off four months and, and to expect everybody to be playing at the same high level, I think that is very difficult. So uh, was I surprised? Yeah, that more guys haven't opted out because it just doesn't seem like a lot of these teams are as mentally into it as they would be in a regular year. 
But at the same time, that's the number. It's $1.2 billion. So everybody wants their piece of the pie. Everybody wants that cash that they know is probably not going to be there the same way in the years moving forward, uh, if and when the league gets back up and running like we, we know it can be. So uh, I think that it's a financial decision for a lot of guys. They're trying to get the money that's on the table now, and I don't fault anybody on either side for making the choice that they have. Nick Friedel covers the NBA for ESPN.com. He joins me, Jonathan Hood, on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Have you reached out, Nick, to those that will be covering uh, the NBA in the bubble? I know Malika is going to be sequestered in Orlando, will she not? Yeah, Malika's there right now. Uh, and yeah. I've talked to a few a few of the other people that are headed that way, Hoodie, and it's just, it's just awkward. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's... It's really an awkward situation for the players, for everybody in the bubble, but especially for the media because you have to be tested all the time because the last thing they want, the league wants, is for a media member to, to get potentially a, a player uh, sick or, or to, to get them to, to test positive. So it's a situation unlike we've ever seen, but I know in just talking to Malika the last few days, the testing is is every day. It's it's a mental grind. It will be for anybody who goes into that bubble. And uh, on a broader note, not just with the media hoodie, but you and I have covered games for years and years. It's my single biggest fear. Once you get past, will guys be able to stay healthy? Will they test positive? It's the mental grind on everybody to perform at a high level day after day after day. How many years did we see guys, whether it was in Vegas or at the end of a regular season when the team wasn't very good, where they were just like, I'm done. <laughs> I want out of here. Right. I want this to be over with. And I think that is something the league has to be very cautious about because when you start talking about guys in teams not looking the way they should – the optics are not going to be very good if the games aren't very competitive. Uh, speaking of not very competitive, is it true that you have signed off on the second bubble deal here in Chicago? <laughs> the, the eight teams that were not in, <laughs> they're not invited to play in Orlando. You know, the, as again, you and I have talked about this. I, I am total disagreement with Silver and the NBA of having um, twenty-two teams there. It should be sixteen. Let's get to the playoffs before there's an. I mean, the, I, I would say before a second curve happens. But look at the news. Apparently, right. especially in Florida, yep. it's, it's already occurring. Nonetheless, I, I, I can't wait for you to be here in Chicago uh, to have all the burgers that you want and be able to cover in the second <laughs> bubble the uh, the bad teams in the East and West in those eight. Uh, so what, what can we look forward to with your coverage there? Yeah, let's just get Oshaval on the line right now so that when I'm sequestered, <laughs> I can get a burger dropped off each night and then mix that in with little Joe's. And we'll be set at least for a couple of weeks. But uh, <laughs> no, in, in, in all sincerity, I, I'd be stunned if that second bubble happened. Buddy. Just because the amount of people it's going to take to sign off on that thing is gigantic. And we're already seeing with the Orlando bubble how tough it is to pull this off. I know in talking to Steve Kerr a few weeks ago, he didn't want to play. 
any of these teams. He just wanted a couple mini camps, NFL style, get his team together later in the year, give them a chance to to get to know each other and, and to shake the rust off. But who really wants to see the Hornets and Hawks play again? Who wants to see that terrible Knicks team? I know uh, they've got a lot of qualms of their own right now about the whole deal. That that it's just a, it's another reason why. In theory, it makes sense, and it would give the league some programming, certainly make a bunch of money. But in reality, I don't think the appetite is strong enough for all parties involved to sign off on what would happen. You know, it's one thing to look at talent and say, oh, you know, talent's talent. So no matter that there's been COVID-19 and this disruption in the in the season, that you can look at LeBron and say that guy is one of the favorites. And I don't, I don't disagree that the Lakers are one of the favorites. But, Nick, I also believe, just like the baseball season, that there could be a team that comes out of nowhere and just gets hot. I mean, the baseball season is predicated on how fast can you win 30-plus games, 32, 33 games, and get yourself in a playoff mix um, in, in the 60 games that they have to play. And same thing with this. Um, we know the how the season has gone, the ebb and flow of it with Milwaukee, Toronto, uh, amongst those teams in the East and the Clippers and the Lakers. But who knows? There could be a team that, once we get to the playoffs, could get hot. Are you, are you going to take just the favorites, or will you take an, another team and keep your eyes on maybe another team that could get hot and come out of nowhere? Well, I'll tell you, Hoodie, when you talk to people around the league who they think that team is that you're describing, and that would be the Houston Rockets. Because they play small ball, there aren't a lot of teams that will be able to match up with them. You have the Harden-Westbrook factor, two guys who you know have always played with a chip on their shoulder and know that they have a, a point to prove if given the chance, potentially in a series against the Lakers in the second round if it lines up that way. So Houston seems to be that dark horse that a lot of people think could get hot, play a different style, and just start rolling through games in the bubble. But if you and I are walking to the window in Vegas, hopefully with the mask on yes. in Nevada right now, yes, uh, the team I'm putting my money on still is the team I was putting my money on nine months ago. And that's the Los Angeles Clippers. Top to bottom, I have always believed they are better than any other team there is. With Kawhi and Paul George playing together and with the depth of that roster finally healthy, if they can find their rhythm in those first few bubble games, they go into the playoffs, I just think they are a cut above everyone else. And we're going to find out just how talented that group is, and I have a lot of faith in Doc Rivers to be able to get the most out of them. Uh, but for me, if I'm betting on the title, I'm still betting on the Clippers. Well, I'm not going to ask you about the Bucks because I know you don't you don't think that they're ready yet for that kind of kind of stratosphere. Even though that's a team that could make the finals, it's just that the Western Conference is so heavy in talent that Milwaukee right, would probably right. falter. But I think on top of that, you can make the case also, Nick, but a little cherry on the Sunday that with the Bucks having to shut their team practice facility down as results of a Friday round of coronavirus testing, I mean, who knows? I don't know. We have not been privy to the list of, of players or personnel that have coronavirus with the Bucks, but that doesn't sound good when, you gotta, when several teams have had to shut down their facilities, including Milwaukee. It's not, it's not good at all, Hoodie. And it's, and it's really the issue with going into the bubble because the first time – somebody tests positive, you start to think, all right, well, how many other 
players on this team are going to test positive. And it's one of my fears all along as this thing has grown steam and now kind of come to fruition. What happens when a big-name star tests positive in the bubble? And then instantly that star is out for a minimum of two weeks. So, no, we don't know exactly who has tested positive on the Bucks, but what we do know is when that stuff happens and you shut down a facility, it knocks a team out of the rhythm that it was trying to find. And they're not alone. There are going to be more guys who test positive in the bubble. The league knows it. But it is such a strange set of circumstances to go through. Uh, the only thing I'd add as far as trying to pick teams who will do well, I'll tell you a team in the East to watch, and it's one that you and I have watched all along and know very well several of the players on there, and that's the Miami Heat. Sure. That team culturally believes in a basketball-centric mentality. They put in the work. They do what they're supposed to do, and there is no messing around uh, of any form or fashion uh, for a lot of different reasons. So I think from a mental perspective, that team is better suited than anybody else heading into these kind of circumstances in the bubble. Now, how that translates on the floor with Jimmy and Bam Adebayo and Andre Iguodala, we'll see. But I think that Miami group, uh, edge-wise, comes in with the, the feeling that we're already a step ahead of everybody else because of the way we've prepared all along. Well, I can't wait for you to cover the Bulls when you come back here to Chicago for that 18 bubble. That's going to be great. That's going to be. <laughs> no, don't do it to me, please. <laughs> Just, I think it'd be great for you to come back and cover the cover the Bulls and Atlanta. You know, uh, the Knicks. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, so I'll ask you this: this last question. I want to get your thoughts on what the Knicks are doing. I, I told Chris Carlin at ESPN New York. I told him. I said, you know. You, when you're an organization that's completely behind the times and you are as bad as the Knicks are, you know, we, we criticize the Bulls, even though now we have, a, there's something new here with, with Connor Chauvis uh, and Mark Eversley. Uh, we criticize the Bulls for being a mom and pop shop and being behind, but the Knicks are even worse. I mean, you know, the Knicks are, are really the, the crown jewel of badness when it comes to the NBA. So I, I'll say this that having World Wide West and Leon Rose does not hurt because if they can influence players at the lounge, at the club, uh, in business <laughs> meetings to be able to come, that's a good thing. That, that, that's a good thing. Clearly clearly, the people that they've had in place before, Phil Jackson and Jeff Hornacek and Fizdale, and, of course, the, the horrible ownership couldn't do it, maybe these players can be able to be an influence. That's not a bad, that's not a bad move by the Knicks, I don't think. No, it's not. Uh, but, but Hoodie, you and I know full well in the NBA, it starts at the very top. The whole attitude of your organization starts with ownership. And there has been so much that's been said about James Dolan, but until he's willing to take a step way back and allow the people that he hires and trusts to run things the way they want to run them, I think the Knicks are who who they have been. The only thing that is curious to me is because of the relationship between Leon Rose and World Wide West, I, I still think back to six years ago 
you and I were <laughs> talking about Carmelo Anthony walking into the United Center for his meeting with the Bulls. Well, who was with Leon Rose and Carmelo Anthony as Carmelo got out of that big van that pulled up right by the Jordan statue at the UC? That would be Tom Thibodeau. And knowing Tibbs the way I do and having watched him all these years, I think he would love that Knicks job. And he he brings the type of cachet that would instantly do well in that moment, in that market, with younger players trying to find their way. But just like ownership always starts and sets the tone for everyone, I don't care how good your coach is, and I don't care how good your system is. If you don't have great players, you're not going to win. And to me, that is the the largest issue the Knicks have at the moment because you have a couple guys like R.J. Barrett. You think, all right, maybe he can be something. But on the whole, you look at that roster, and it is very bad, right? They'll be headed in a much better direction. My friend, as always, I appreciate your time, and thanks for coming on. Let's talk again soon. Anytime, my man. It is Nick Friedel who covers the NBA for ESPN. Joining me here on Under the Hood, Summer of Football comes your way at 8 o'clock right here on UTH. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports.